0: Door yeah. opening to the thirteenth floor.
1: Thirteenth floor, right there. James, hello.
0: Hi.
1: Welcome, thirteenth floorier to this week's episode of the show. I am Cece.
0: I'm Alex, who I'm... wasn't said hello to by Cece.
2: <laughs> James.
0: <laughs> oh my
1: gosh, no. you're just jealous of mine and Jem- James's friendship. Jim,
0: you just
2: called him Jim. James's.
1: James's.
2: Oh <laughs>
1: James. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. How about you guys?
1: Alex, how are you?
0: We're ready to party.
1: Yeah, we're ready to party. Good I saw game. a
0: cockroach on the doorbell camera. It climbed out. Weird.
1: Ooh. Yeah. The, the cockroaches, it's been so rainy here that I think they're just trying to find dry places <laughs> yeah. to go.
0: Cockroaches are a part of life in Atlanta, but we...
1: Yeah, knock uh, on wood. Don't you dare let those words come out of your
0: mouth. I don't want to jinx it.
1: All right. (laughs) We're not going to talk about bugs at our house. We're going to talk about (laughs) bugs at James's house. James, how's Milkshake?
2: (laughs) Milkshake's doing great. And uh, Pickles is actually right next to me right now. And it's very, very, very active.
1: Ooh, is he shaking his little groove thing?
2: Yep. If
0: James sounds distant this episode, it's because he's staring <laughs> at a <his> spider. <laughs> yeah.
2: He does the weirdest thing. It's so freaky. I, I've yet to capture it on film, though. Uh,
0: does he turn into a pickle?
2: His, he's got ventilation holes in his enclosure, and he can put his legs through them and feel around outside the enclosure. And Ew. it's so weird. It's literally like, what's going
1: on out there?
2: It's so creepy. That, that- Your spider wants to kill you
1: that creeps me out a little bit James I'll be 100% honest I would be because it's only a matter of time before he figures out how to open up his cage oh he tries every night (laughs) it's it's very disturbing yeah (laughs) James is going to wake up with Pickles on his face (laughs) in the near future but Pickles
0: is not the old world spider right no Pickles Pickles isn't isn't a spider spider. (laughs) Pickles is the one that that looks like a
2: lobster yeah
1: Yeah, it looks like a lobster scorpion how horrifying (sighs) <sighs> James James's home is a shop of horrors. Mm. How many how many bugs are you up to now?
2: Uh let's see. Six tarantulas and one vinegaroon. That's it. Yeah. I actually That's set uh, I actually set the wolf and the two jumpers free the other day because uh they they'd reached sexual maturity and they were all female and I thought well it's not fair to keep all of them if they're not able to, you know, perform their biological function you know and and Uh, new generation and all that so i took them all out
1: james is just looking forward to did you release them into
0: your house or outside
2: outside
0: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know if you're i thought you were hoping for the babies inside then you could collect all of them and you have hundreds of babies
2: Mm, well if i'd had a male that's totally what i would have done i would have bred them but oh well
1: oh (laughs) my gosh well you guys truly is a
2: shop of horror that's what's happening in james's
1: (laughs) life Right now, oh, he's trying to mate wolf spiders. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Wait until you get this new breed that James does. It's going to be an invasive species destroying mm. the world.
2: No. was
1: the plot of a Arachnophobia,
2: sweetheart. if you remember.
1: Remember that movie?
0: You- oh, man. No, I did, I did not remember the
2: plot being that, but...
1: Do you yeah. remember that one movie, the seven? What was it? Eight-legged freaks. Eight-legged freaks. That's oh it. Oh
2: my god! Yeah, that was such a dumb movie. That was basically that a was, arcade game.
1: I People love It that was movie. fun, though. Oh,
2: it was, was fun. Agreed.
1: That is just James. James is just Look at James distraught over there. Distraught <laughs> over it. Wow. Anyways, are you guys ready for our hearty hellos? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, you guys. Today. Oh wait, wait one second today we are going to say hello to everybody in a new location for us malta
2: nice
1: yeah so hello to malta also alex you gave you tried to give a shout out to portugal last month but they weren't listening but they're listening now so hello to everybody in portugal and then here in the states we're gonna say hello to everybody in idaho nice
0: Mm, you and your potatoes you
1: and your potatoes
0: what else is idaho known for But I'm sure they're tired of that potato talk, right? Let's give Idaho a shout out for something else they're famous for. Idaho, famous. Let's see. What else are you known for? The movie Frank was apparently filmed there. So there you go. Man,
2: we're going to have to cut all this. You just alienated a whole state. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: we want to say hello to everybody in Idaho. No matter where you're listening in the world, howdy, hi, hello. Konnichiwa. James, we've got a Patreon, don't we? We do. We do. We want to say special thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers as well. Absolutely. And today we're talking about odd burial practices. And this topic, speaking of our Patreon, was submitted by the absolute wonderful Corinne. Yeah.
0: So Oh, thank you, Corinne.
1: Yes, thank you, Corinne, for submitting this topic into our Patreon exclusive mm-hmm. vase. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, and also really quick, thank you, Idaho, for oh. Sarah Palin.
1: Oh, for Sarah. <laughs> All right, you guys. <laughs> so we're talking about burial practices. James, what is our icebreaker today?
2: Um, so this I, I don't really know what to talk about without the morbid one of how you want to be buried. I think that one's a little too morbid.
1: It's too morbid. Um, Alive.
2: Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um So let's, let's let's think of something that's a little less macabre. What do,
1: do,
0: do. would be the roller coaster that you wouldn't mind if it went off the tracks?
1: <laughs> Probably. <laughs>
0: How about we just
1: talk about our favorite theme park? What's your favorite theme park, you guys? Oh, yeah, because it gives
0: you those thrills like you're close to
1: Alex. Alex, oh my gosh. Mine is probably, I've got two that are my faves because I absolutely love Universal Studios. Yeah. But also, Kings Island in Cincinnati, Ohio just has a, I've got a soft spot in my heart for that place just because I grew up going there almost every single summer since it's so close to Kentucky.
0: yeah Yeah. i always liked king's island and
1: it's got the i got to ride the son of the beast before it tragically crashed um (laughs) so that was crazy that was one of my first roller coasters was actually son of the beast and for for those that don't know
0: son of the beast was a wooden roller coaster that actually had a loop
1: yeah it did yeah
0: and then they got rid of the loop when that incident occurred and then they got rid of all of it eventually.
1: Yeah, yeah. they turned it into a haunted house, though. Oh yeah, um, which and it had really real nice. ghosts. <laughs> I oh, knew my, it was oh. going
0: to be something like that. <laughs> all right, oh, man. <laughs> listen,
1: Alex, what's your favorite?
0: It, it would have to be Universal Studios, uh, just the the whole park down there. Now, if I had to pick one, it would. Pro- I have a lot of fond memories of Islands of Adventure.
1: Okay. Down there,
0: um, but I do think the other park is actually better now. Um, over time, just the the normal Universal Studios, I actually think the other park is better now. But I do like the Marvel Park over the other one. The Jurassic Park area, they actually added a roller coaster, CC. Just so oh, you know, wow! They added a new roller coaster this year. <clears throat> oh, just so you know, um, and. <laughs> So I I just have a lot of fond memories of being at Universal Studios. What?
1: Yeah, you went quite a bit when you were younger.
0: I did, James. What about you?
2: Man, I feel like we should get sponsored by Universal Studios because (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah, man, the the Simpsons Town and flipping Hogwarts. Holy moly, it's ridiculous. Hogwarts. It is ridiculous, and
0: Hogwarts is in two parks.
2: Yeah. Spread. It's amazing. I mean, they did a great job. Incidentally, I went to Kings Island when I was about nine, eight or nine, and uh, I got on a roller coaster, and I'd never been on a roller coaster, and I panicked, and I squeezed out of the support, the restraints, oh, and uh, left off right, right as it took off. Oh off my gosh, James. Yeah, that really happened. Yeah, people were <laughs> that... furious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could have, you could have really hurt and yourself. And while
0: he was upset. Crying in the corner because everyone was mad at it. it a spider crawled into his leg.
1: And that's where the love began. <laughs> and that <Wow>. was
0: <laughs> the origin oh, story. Man.
1: Wow. I don't think that I have any crazy like stories when it comes to actually riding roller coasters. No. Remember when we were at, a, I think we went to Bush Gardens when I was really little, and my brother's cell phone flew out of his pocket. And so we had to wait till the very end of the night. So mm. that they could send everybody to go and collect all the cell phones underneath the specific but, roller coaster. Wow. But parks, theme parks, the sad thing about them is that they're just so, like, not everybody can afford to go to a theme park. So I feel very fortunate yeah. and lucky that I've been able to explore some of them, but I wish mm. they didn't cost so much. Mm. <sighs> but I want to go to uh, Disney World for the Food and Wine Festival. Mm.
0: Just the food festival for us, I guess.
1: Yeah, the just the food because we don't really drink, but, but
0: people get crazy. Yeah, i
1: Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! <laughs> people go, people go nuts, and then I'm also I, I'm always amazed by all of the custom T-shirts that people are wearing that have like drink-themed something on them. Yeah, always
0: like a Disney pun about alcohol.
1: Yeah, wow!
0: It's amazing how many variations there are out there. It's yeah. impressive.
1: Yeah. We, yeah. So, anyways, you guys, we decided to stray from the topic for our icebreaker today, just because. Holy cannoli! How do you have an icebreaker about burial practices?
0: Mm, I mean, there's a, some ways, just they aren't that pleasant. Yeah. We aren't gonna it'd, talk it'd be about more
2: this. like more or least of a gra- icebreaker, and more of a groundbreaker. <laughs> oh, 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 James! Oh. Listen to
1: you, you sneaky fox. Okay, I think I'm going first today, right?
0: I, sure. It sounds like you made that decision already.
1: I made it because I don't want Alex to go first because he always wants to go first. <laughs> so Whatever. I'm going to be talking about a couple of different little burial practices that are used by some people around the world. The first being South Korean death beads. Have you guys ever heard of these before?
0: Nope. It sounds kind of some so familiar to me. This one actually does.
1: Yeah, well the idea they're basically exactly what they sound like, um, but the, the idea came about when South Korea passed a law in 2000 that requires anyone who has buried a loved one after the year 2000, you have to remove the body after 60 years in the ground. And so obviously, what? okay. Yeah. They, they're running out of space on like, it's a very tiny little country. yeah, And so there's only so much space for dead bodies. So instead, these people are opting to turn their loved ones into these little colorful beads, little decorative beads. You know, you bury your loved one and then 60 years later, it's like, oh, I got to, you know, move Grandpa Phil from the cemetery and do something else with his body now.
0: So don't buy a pearl from South Korea because that might be someone's grandma.
1: Well, listen, listen. The thing is, it's so complicated for families because after 60 years, you have to move your family, you have to move your loved ones. And then it's also like after 60 years, what if your family is, you know, is gone and then you've got somebody else just doing whatever they want with your loved one's bodies. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: It's complicated. And... Uh, per the week.com, the burials in South Korea uh, have been, quote, a practice in line with the traditional Confucian instruction to respect dead ancestors and visit their graves regularly. Like That's a very prominent part of the culture is that you're supposed to go and visit your loved one's graves, but if you have to move them after 60 years, you can't really visit them. So people to combat that, they're obviously choosing to cremate their deceased more often, And families are opting to turn their loved ones into these little beads. And they're these little, beautiful, glossy, colorful, round beads that, quote, have the look of beluga caviar. Um, Hmm. And you can customize the color of the beads, too. So if your loved one likes the color purple, boom, you can turn them into purple beads. (laughs) (laughs) And then you can just kind of put them on display in your house.
0: Oh, yeah, little so, decorations. So
1: some people store them in these little glass dishes or containers. Um, which, if I had, if I had this, I would want to make sure that it was a closed container because when I was looking at these little beads, they kind of look like candies. Mm. <laughs> so if I had them on an open dish, that might not. You could not... trick
0: your friends and family to eating
1: little jelly yeah. beans. Yeah. Your little family members. <laughs> um and they're not really like you can't really wear them around your neck or anything because it's not like a bead with a hole in it it's just like you a get a hole put line. in it though probably probably yeah but i've heard of some people making jewels out of their loved ones ashes but these ones are, are mm-hmm. obviously they're just referred to as death beads which is kind of dark but again i think they look like little jelly beans which is a little off-putting to me but yeah, a lot of people are really liking this option for what to do with deceased loved ones now just because you can keep your deceased loved ones at your house in a beautiful way. Yeah. And I'm not sure what it would cost nowadays, but the article that I read about this in was from 2012, and the cost at that time was $900. That's
2: the, not bad have- for anything funerary, let me tell yeah. you. No.
1: Well, I think that you have to cremate them first and then send in the cremation. Remains, ah, right. and then it's 900 the
0: interesting thing is that another thing that's taken hold over there in recent years like with the rich oh the taxidermy
1: oh um, alex oh my gosh <laughs> here's alex getting macabre no i'm gonna talk about something, of some the gorgeous now turning your loved ones into diamonds mm. you Ooh. can actually do that there's a company called etern eternava oh alex is laughing what were you gonna say? Nothing. Alex?
0: Nothing. I was just thinking of like the song "Shine Bright Like a Diamond." <laughs> but it's like "Shine Bright Like Grandma." <laughs> oh,
1: Alex. oh my gosh! <laughs> oh man. Well, you take you take your deceased family members' ashes or hair. You can also use their hair for this, and then turn it into a jewel. And you mm-hmm. can get all different types of colors of jewels, but the company basically grows the diamond. Um, and you can do this with pets, too. People also opt to turn Rover into a diamond if they're, like, mm-hmm. obsessed with their dog. It's not the cheapest thing to do. But all you really need is a half a cup of ash or about four tablespoons of hair, which—tablespoons <laughs> <laughs> of hair. I don't know why that makes me laugh. Oh,
2: man, yeah, that's, that's creepy.
1: But you know, you could take your hair right now, James. If you grew your, you could cut off your beard and send it in and create a diamond with your beard. Yeah. Maybe
2: they can be for like a, a new tier of patron. <laughs> <laughs> they can get a, a beard stone from me. Oh
1: <laughs> my <laughs> This is a great idea. Well, colorless diamonds and blue diamonds seem to be the most expensive if you want a big diamond, you know, a big colorless diamond, 3 carats, it's going to cost you about 50k. So we're going to mm. have to make it a very expensive Patreon tier <laughs> if that's what people want, James. <laughs> um, if you want a smaller oh, diamond like 0. 0.9 to 0. 0.19 carats, it's about $3,000, which isn't too bad. Yeah, we're it's going to be a tinier little diamond obviously, but that's more cost efficient. Um, And the price goes up based upon how long it takes to grow the diamond, because they make them in these little like growing machines. And you can only grow a single diamond in each little vessel at a time. So it does take, it can take up to seven to 10 months to complete the process. So you've got to wait a while before you can show off your jewel. And apparently the company has created a quote, grief wellness journey program where they keep you in the loop with kind of where your loved one is at in the diamond growing process at any given point because if you stop to think about it like losing a loved one is never easy and so if you're turning them into a diamond that's you know you might not necessarily be able to bury them so Mm. you might be you know hard to have to wait for that remain to come back
0: yeah Mm. so Cash in now. Get our, Join our Patreon at $3,000 mark and we can get a Jane's <laughs> Diamond. We can get
1: a James Diamond. There we go. Um, okay. <laughs> and the last burial practice that I'm going to talk about today are Reef Balls.
0: Okay. Yeah, and I think this
1: one's really, really cool. The company, they're called Eternal Reef. They basically take the cremated remains of a person. They mix it up with this environmentally friendly concrete substance. And then they turn it into this formation that's placed... Uh, on the ocean floor to create basically new marine habitat. So you're essentially becoming a part of a a reef. Oh, that sounds really cool. I kind of want to do that. It is really cool. And the families, they have some say in where their loved one's reef ball goes So you you kind of know about where they're they're located. You're
0: saying reef, Reef. like like in the water, not like a wreath, like you put on the door. A reef, okay.
1: R E E F. (laughs) But they do have Eternal Reef has some designated spots where they can like put these things, and the family can also decorate the reef ball. So it's like you have the you know option to put like a little plaque on it to say you know our loved ones and bright little messages or whatever. But the website said that many opt to have handprints put on the ball. Or incorporate little tokens or mementos that you can, like, get affixed to the Reef Ball. But some people (laughs) also opt to mix in their pet's ashes with their loved ones, too, so that their family member is buried with a pet if the pet has passed away as well. And they always recommend, it said on their website that they recommend, like, if you do have a pet that's passed away and you want to turn them into a Reef Ball, you might just want to keep their remains and then wait until they have somebody to go with just because... It's, it's not like, it's not crazy expensive, but you know, it has to be a certain size. But, um, Mm -hmm. as of last year, Eternal Reef said that they had more than 2,000 reef balls placed underwater Mm -hmm. and they look like these big upside down bowls with holes all over them. And they have different sizes. The smallest is meant for a single person and a pet. And that one costs about $4,000. The biggest one can be used with up to four sets of remains. And that's about $7,500 which I actually don't think is very bad. Like that for four different people's remains, if you want to put everybody together in one single spot, then that's not astronomical. I don't think it's bad at all. And if you stop to think about how much a casket costs, caskets on the low end, they're $2,000 on the high end, they're $10,000. And also like, if you do have a loved one pass away, you've ever had to do that before where you had to like plan a funeral, the funeral homes, like, in my opinion, they try to guilt you into getting the best yeah. casket that there is. So you're going to be putting mm-hmm. out a lot of money for this special casket. So I think that 7500 uh, 7, for four sets of remains is not the worst price in the world. No. Yeah,
2: that's great.
1: And I think it's nifty because it's like you're going to be...
2: You're going to find Nemo. <laughs> yeah. So you
1: guys, those are reef balls um, and all those things. But Alex... It's your turn. What are you talking about today?
0: So, I'm doing sky burials. Nice burials. So, um, thank you to Atlas Obscura for their article
1: website.
0: Uh, Give my body to the birds. Um, Hmm. Semicolon. The practice of the sky burial.
1: Okay. All right. Thank
0: you for that. So, this is the practice of putting a corpse on a mountaintop and saying. See you later, and letting nature do whatever it wants with the body
1: on the top of a mountain.
0: Yeah, it can be a mountain. It can be a hill. It can be on top. It's in of Tibet,
2: so it's a mountain. It's
0: a it's <laughs> a mountain, though. Yeah, you put it on a mountain. So it is practiced uh, in the Chinese provinces and also the country of Tibet, um, <laughs> Qinghai, Sichuan, and Inner Mongolia, um, as well as in. Bhutan and parts of India, such as Sikkim mm-hmm. and Zanskar.
1: Zanskar. Yeah.
0: So that's a pretty cool name for a place. Mm. Sounds like a really awesome location and like a, I don't Gosh. know, like a mystical movie. Yeah. Anyway, so the locations of preparation for sky burials are understood in the, oh boy. <laughs> Vajrayana Buddhist traditions,
2: Vajrayana,
0: Vajrayana Buddhist traditions. So, as charnel grounds, and essentially, these are grounds where they're going to prepare the body or they're going to put the body, and it's kind of considered sacred, okay, and that type of thing. So, compare, uh, and you know, they these also bleed into the me and James mentioned this before we got on the Zoroastrian. Is that right, Zoroastrian? burial practices where the they expose their deceased to the elements and birds on they put them on these stones called the dakma i'll talk about Mm -hmm. those a little bit more in a little bit but there's not very many as you would imagine sky burials anymore um Mm Mostly because the practice has kind of been marginalized because it's kind of frowned upon. It's putting bodies on mountaintops and letting them be eaten or whatever. Yeah, at this point, I think it's nature. mostly
2: just monks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And also, the decimation of vulture populations has actually contributed mm. to the, the. Does it uh...
1: kill like vultures? No. Or there's just, just like... not enough
2: vultures? Vultures <laughs> but... are the ones no, who do it. Vultures yeah. being
0: killed, not by the.
1: Practice. i know but i wasn't sure if maybe like you know you ate a bad human and then the
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's possible it's possible but um so the majority of tibetan people and many mongols adhere to the what is it called james vajrayana
2: vajrayana,
0: vajrayana. Um, buddhism which teaches the transmigration of spirits and what that means is that once you die your spirit has moved on and so like You don't really care about what happens to the body. There's no need to preserve it or anything like that because it is now an empty vessel. The soul has moved on.
2: Um, Have you ever seen it, Alex?
1: I saw pictures. It's dark.
2: Seen what? It's trippy. Uh, Sky Burial.
0: Oh no, I didn't see the pictures. Oh.
1: Yeah,
2: it's very morbid. Very, I mean, like gore warning. Everybody. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. It's... And
0: I was going to talk a little bit about what so what they kind of do beforehand. Oh, go for it. Then. Sorry. Um, no, it's all right. I mean, it is though. You're right. So I'm just going to kind of I'm going to
2: dip. Over it. I'm going
0: to gloss over it and dip my toes into it, but it's it's pretty <laughs> brutal. So, yeah. um, in the process of the birds, what may eat away at the body or what. <laughs> I'll get into it. But they may eat at the body and then it's also gonna obviously decompose in a natural way. Mm-hmm. But the the function of the sky burial is to dispose of the remains in what is viewed as like the most generous way possible. So you're giving the body back to the earth, right? Because mm-hmm. it has no more value because the soul has moved on. And and another reason in much of Tibet and Qinghai, um the ground is actually too hard and rocky to dig a grave, which is why this mm-hmm. kind of developed. You couldn't bury anybody. And so due to the scarcity of timber and things to burn that timber, sky burials were the tradition. Because it just wasn't practical to build to just bury somebody on the ground. Put
1: the body somewhere and then...
0: Yeah, so you couldn't even practice cremation the way you would normally do it because there just wasn't enough stuff. Yeah. And anyway, like cremation for Buddhist practices was limited to llamas pretty much and like other rich people or dignitaries. Mm-hmm. But modern technology and difficulties with sky burials led to an eventual as things got better, cremation for yeah. commoners. So there are other nations real quick that do air burials, some of which just place corpses in tree trunks
1: I've seen that, isn't that horrifying well, well they cool. I read that that's the cool. people get to select which tree they're like when they get oh, sick cool. so they get, get to go and tree. pick which tree they want to be in that's which awesome. I think is kind of like it's morbid but it's also I
0: don't know it's really interesting
1: Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Yeah. Um so now the process like we kind of hinted at isn't quite as clean you know it sounds a little dirty already isn't quite as clean as it sounds Um, it's actually pretty brutal. (laughs) Like once the body Mm. is kept in a sitting position for two days and then a llama recites the necessary prayers, the (laughs) try not to be too graphic, but the Mm. corpse's spine is broken so they can be folded and carried to the sky burial site,
1: Gosh,
0: which is usually, it's usually quite the hall. And then mm-hmm. family members may they may like follow uh, in the journey, beating some drums and chanting. And then once they get there, <laughs> um, there's these people called the Rogyapa, and they're the body breakers. And what they do is first they burn juniper, which is to attract the vultures, and then they place. This some, is so metal. Yeah, it is really metal. And then they place the body down, face down, on rocks. Uh, For some reason, I'm not sure, I'm sure it's a religious thing, the hair is removed off of the body. And then the Rokiapas chop up the body with axes and sledgehammers, flaying the meat from the bones, and then throw it to the waiting vultures.
1: Vultures are hungry, man. But I guess, like, when you're to that point, if you think that the the soul is gone and the body is just...
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen footage of it, and it's really cool to see these monks who like it's their friend. That's their friend. Yeah, they, they lived with this guy, and they're breaking his back, and they're they're chatting and laughing like you know, <laughs> like they're packing for vacation.
0: It's really like just so interesting because it's like it's just a different viewpoint, really, right? Mm. And it's all it is. Yeah. It's like a different frame on death. And it allows people to do that, which is, <laughs> I'm not judging. It's just so in, crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> not crazy, but it's just so it's interesting. Different. Yeah.
1: It's different.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not shaming. I think it's totally fine actually. Um, So okay. there's actually another death ritual. Uh, It was, it was around until about 40 years ago. It's kind of similar to what we were looking at with that's with, uh, it's performed by the, so Rostrians in parts of Iran and India. And it differed in the way that the corpse was like, it wasn't prepared at all, like they did here. And it was probably a lot more in what people initially thought when I said you just throw a body on the mountaintop.
1: Yeah.
0: It was left intact on a short tower that was called the Tower of Silence, or, like I mentioned, the mm-hmm. Dharma. Uh, on top of the tower were these concentric rings the outer one for the bodies of men, uh, the middle for women, and the innermost for children. And when the sun had bleached the bones, which could take up to a year.
1: See, that's probably take a while. It could
0: take up to a year. They were collected, dissolved in lime in an ossuary pit at the center of the tower, and then filtered by charcoal and flushed away by rainwater.
2: Wow. So it's a very
0: long process. Uh, the, the apparently the reason for the this sky burial was very different from what the Buddhists were doing. They actually considered the body to be unclean and impure, and so they didn't want the possible demons inside to be a problem. So they bury the they to bury a body was to risk defiling the water supply of putrefication, <laughs> and cremating one could contaminate the air the way they were interesting. seeing interesting yeah so very interesting <laughs> so eventually though the documas were actually outlawed in iran Nair- in, Nair- in iran in the 1970s and as the country grew it kind of eliminated any interest in doing the process anymore And so there are, you still can find the towers throughout Iran and India, along with the ossuaries where the bones are. But for the most part, they've kind of quit doing this. Now, as an alternative, they have started putting the bodies into cement so that no demons or anything can get out.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So now they
2: encase the corpses in cement. Ooh. Fun fact about Zoroastrians: um, Freddie Mercury was actually raised Zoroastrian. Oh, really? And his funeral was yeah, and his funeral was Zoroastrian, and he was you know given a, a Parsi-led funeral, the language that Zoroastrians speak, and uh, they they put him in. they supposedly here's the fun bit: they were, according to the religious custom, which he didn't really practice, he's supposed to be in a crematorium by a plant under his name. Birth name, Farouk Pulsara, not Freddie Mercury. But he had a little surprise up his sleeve. He actually uh, ensured that his girlfriend, Mary Austin, got his ashes and put them in a secret place. Nobody knows where his remains actually are.
1: Ooh, Ooh. so he's out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, James, what are you talking about today?
2: What I'm talking about are two things. One is is a little shorter, and that would be burial pots. So it's a very new way of dealing with the dead, and it's very similar to uh, the the reef balls that Cece mentioned, but for land. Basically, a burial pod, and when I say new, I mean, this is like, uh, I don't know, two years old,
1: maybe? It's not, not too Three, old. Three,
2: four? Yeah. It's not very old. But basically what you do is you put the body in a, kind of like a special suit or capsule that is biodegradable mm. and riddled with uh spores mushroom spores so what happens is though the mushroom the mycelium riddle through the body and decompose it very very quickly and usually there's like a a tree seed of some sort that's also part of that pod um and so a tree sprouts from i
1: think that's a really really neat way to yeah
2: absolutely i think it's really cool yeah uh one of the i also think it's cool that they call it a capsula mundi which means world capsule because you know it's you know made into earth and all that yeah so i just think that's really cool and very environmentally friendly and i just i really like it i like the concept and that's really all i was gonna say about it also i wonder you know paul stamets we've, we've mentioned him before on the show i wonder if he will get one and it'll have uh side mushrooms in it and then once they grow all his funeral attendees have to come back and, and oh eat
1: my them. gosh james <laughs> that is so bizarre no, I think
2: <laughs> tripping on Paul Stanley. Well, I
1: think it's interesting just because, like, there are a lot of places that are running out of places to bury people. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people are starting to opt to do cremation versus actual burials, just because it takes up so I much. I think it space. beats the
2: pants out of a cemetery. Yeah, yeah. I like it.
1: Even though some cemeteries um, are just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, Oof.
2: and uh, here's here's the other one. This is space burial. So. It's uh, it's a thing now where you launch people into space, and there's a few ways that it's done, but mainly what happens is you get launched into space, and eventually you're you're in a, a capsule that will burn up in the atmosphere. So once it hits the atmosphere, it becomes like a little shooting star, and you you become cremated by that. Um, well. You're already cremated, I should, I should mention. It's not like they're just shooting bodies up there. That would be really messed up. Um, they've actually gotten to a point now where there's actually pets being shot into space similarly. And um, there's actually a uh, memorial flight spacecraft now called Elysium Space, uh, which is, was, was part of the payload on the SpaceX Falcon 9 um, that you know allows that exact thing. So I think that's really, really cool that that's a thing too. Um, And lastly, uh, again, mine's pretty short. I just think it's really cool that there's flipping space burials now, including Timothy Leary and, naturally, Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek. So I just think that's really cool. But let's talk about Eugene Shoemaker, because Eugene Shoemaker was a geologist, and he pretty much started, him and a few other people, Planetary science, like understanding the geology of other worlds. So he studied craters, impact craters, and uh, it it, it allowed him to really map out a lot of things regarding certain heavenly bodies, including the moon. Well, unfortunately, uh, very late in life, he was 69, but he was actually going to an impact crater in Australia and he got in a car accident and he died. So, yeah, so he was cremated. And the Lunar Prospector mission, if you guys remember that the, that flipping uh, uh, automated like moon mission, mm-hmm. they took his ashes to the moon. He's on the moon, that's cool. uh, so I think that adds a whole other commission. Yeah, I think that adds a whole other component to the the space burial because that's that's a lot more unique. And as far as I know, he's the only person who was flipping buried on the moon. I don't think anybody else has. Some people have actually um, signed up to be buried in space. And some of them have already died and their remains are currently on the Earth. But, you know, they they will be launched. And that includes uh, Jean-Ron Burry's wife, Michelle Buret, and uh, William uh, Poe, who's an astronaut. And one of my favorites, uh, because it's so nostalgic for me, the guy who made the manga Galaxy Express 999, which became uh, an anime that I watched when I was really little, way too young, uh, <laughs> Leiji Matsumoto, he is still alive, but he's going to be launched in space, <laughs> which makes perfect sense considering his sci fi uh, genre that he is involved in. Huh. So I just think that's really cool. And it's, you know, it's I think it's very expensive and, and a, a bit of a waste of resources compared to reef balls and and uh like earth pods but i do think that you know given how much space graveyards do take i think it's a better alternative to that um and it's also very romantic but yeah I agree. that's that's my thoughts. very cool
1: man yeah and those that's really just scratching the surface because when i was doing my research for this there are so many different like burial practices from around the world that are just there's yeah. a lot Different. more sky burials yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah.
2: If you can die it, you can do it. <laughs> well,
1: you guys, thank you again to Corinne for submitting this topic. Yeah. It is now time to draw from the vase. Alex. I'm ready. Can you draw? All right. All right. Open you guys. it up. Next week we are talking about abandoned places it's been a while since we've had oh. had one of these and this was submitted to us by zach so thank you, zach. zach thank you so much Ooh, ooh, because i had i had a couple of you've
0: got one in mind i've got
1: one in mind that i want to talk about but you guys will find out what i'm talking about next week okay um is there anything you guys want to add before we say good night
2: james no. Okay, James. Is,
1: James, is, he's he's tapped out. He's done. Alex, he's done. who does our yeah. music?
0: Our music is by Grant Cook. You can find it on Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music.
1: So until next week, you guys, we hope that you can
2: keep it straight.